0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Dw group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
2: And I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Everybody, this is Ken Danico, three time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the hard hitting Fantasy Jester show. You bet your ass! You are listening to the Fantasy Jester show. That's right. I, did you catch your breath on that opening? That's right. If those of you who remember FXE and our whole podcast we had going for wrestling, there'd be times I'd break out the Finn Balor. Had to do it for tonight, just going to whoop some ass on the poor of the podcast tonight. We're going to show you why you're listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I am he. How's everybody doing? Absolutely fabulous night here in Leesburg, Florida. Hope it's just as nice wherever you're listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. And if you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, follow that crystal clear sound. And probably coming to us through fantasyjusticeports.com. Boy, let me tell you, what a crazy day. And did you come here for sanity? I hope not. All 32 teams, one fantasy rundown and one blue-bearded monster coming on that fantasy scene. Folks, taking over like gangbusters if you're new to the show. I'll be bringing in the single most best co-host in all of sports, Jason Townsend, Fez437 on Twitter. Tonight, you know, the title says it all, Jester and JT, I'm reading off the screen. If you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, you're watching the pictures go by, enjoy the little picture show there. It takes me a while to load that every damn episode. I hope you enjoy it. Seriously, um, the title says it all, JT and Jester, or Jester and JT, but it makes no difference. I don't really care. Give the best of what you want to look for on each team this fantasy season. Everyone talks about who they already know. They will talk about who you don't and why. That's right, we will. The rumors are true. Jester is playing NFL's Adam Rank, or is this just another Jester trick? We've seen it before. Those of you who fell to the free burger, you know what I'm talking about. What isn't a trick? Jester in fantasy baseball coming off last year's absolutely – it is. It it is ridiculous. Thanks for the write-up, guys. You actually gave me a nice write-up. Producers for the show. Go ahead and write this up. Coming off last year's ridiculous 91% in the money seasonal leagues, Jester may be at it again. One league finished. How did he do? How do you do? I do well. How about you? How do you do? I know you're doing better if you're listening to this show. If You're doing much better in fantasy if you listen to this show. I can tell you that. MLB, guest news? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll get to some MLB. I don't know. Very big football night. Although, hey, September call-ups for you baseball people. It is September call-ups. This is probably the most busy time for JT. And I'll ask JT, He's got to agree with me. You know, you've got over a thousand guys going to be fired in the NFL, plus another, you know, couple dozen that are going to change teams. Clear mech. And then you have Major League Baseball with its daily call ups uh, as the teams abuse their 10 day DL, and also the regular September call up where rosters get expanded. So just in these two sports, the number of players that JT and myself keep up with to bring you the latest, uh, this is a staggering week. Uh, And it's just beginning. The the fun just started. You're going to see more. Let's get him. You know, we're about to get him in here uh, in a little bit. But, you know, for those of you out there, you already know what's coming up next. My rant. You
0: know, no, I, no every week. no, 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 no. I'm in here before you want me in here. You're right. playing in a one-league fantasy league with the NFL Network's lead fantasy expert in Adam Rankin, yeah. and you've got something to rant about? I don't think so. Uh-uh. I'm not listening to that. You're living a charmed life, my friend. Or is
2: it just another jester trick? See, that's that's what the producer put. I didn't say this. I guess that was supposed to be the tease. I don't I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's not lying, folks. He's not lying. It is true. Uh, We have, uh, there was an opportunity, a 14 team league Uh with Adam Rank. Uh, I believe it's super flex. I'm already I signed in. Matter of fact, my team name is Welcome to Jesterville. I'll share the results. I mean, I get my ass kicked. I get my ass kicked. I'm, I'm just happy to be there. But uh, I'm a little bit more than that, though. I, I have to be honest with you, Jason. I, I really think this is my, my opportunity. What happens if I do step up? I do shine. I do oh. add Adam Rank to the trophy wall.
0: Yeah, to the list of victims. Now, and it, it, forgive me here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't point out it's good to see that one major network fantasy expert um, isn't a wuss like a particular Matthew Barry from ESPN who's too afraid of his own shadow, <laughs> let alone to step up and actually take on some competition. So I got to give Adam Adam Rank a little uh, kudos for the uh, for the willing to step out there and, uh, like I said, add his name to the list of victims. <laughs>
2: Coming to me, you know uh, what Jason, what JT is alluding to is that all I said in tw- on Twitter, I didn't use any right. profanity. I wasn't nasty. I used Surprising. this simple phrase: my medical expert is better than yours. Blocked, blocked, kicked, booted. I called out Adam Rank, and much to his credit. Much to his credit. Yeah, no, I did. Folks, if you haven't seen, go on Twitter. Go to my account. You're going to see. I called the man out. He had this league. He mentioned that he was starting this league all for a milkshake. We're playing, Folks, the stakes are huge in this one. I'm playing for a milkshake.
0: I can't uh, think of anything. One better. milkshake. Some,
2: I'm playing for a cake shake, uh, a Portillo's cake shake, fabulous shakes. Okay, fine. I have no problem. Listen, I'll play for a nickel. I just want to play for the sake of playing against a guy of his Mm. stature. And so I kept hounding, kept hounding, kept hounding. And uh, finally, uh, after I sent him a a, a meme that it was him at the news desk and um, I had an RKO being performed on him by Randy Orton in the main uh, is when he said, that's it. That's it. You're in. You, you got it. And uh, it was fantastic. I I nearly uh, listen, I danced around the house. I have to be honest with you guys. I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to sit here. It's not, I am not about that false bravado crap. Okay. I am not too mad to tell you. I ran around the house like a four year old kid, like it was Christmas day and I just got myself that, Damn bike I wanted, you well, know. It well, is...
0: and, 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 and Mrs. Jester can attest. So basically, just another normal day in Jesterville. The right <laughs> day get
2: True. But what you also alluded to was adding him to my victims list, which uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about baseball, and I added two more victims in my uh, in our league there that you and I are in. That you are the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Didn't
0: I? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. And the, you know the best now, part Sam, about that is, go ahead. Well, no, I mean the best part about that that list is is it's really, I mean, the gods favored you when the two top seeded teams lose yeah. four of their top five players for the whole season to the DL yeah. for the entire matchup. You're living a charmed yeah. life, like I said earlier.
2: You know what? And some people would look at it that way, and I completely I completely understand that. I completely understand that if I wasn't coming off of a season where I hit 91%. Now, that would mean that in all those leagues, this luck just follows through. But you see what you're missing and what Sam – see, because Sam pulled the, my team was injured too, okay? And I expected that from the two of you. I, I, that's fine. But what you both failed to notice, okay – uh, and I'll give you, you do. You guys both had injuries. You both did. But everybody does at the end of a fantasy season. I had my starting right fielder missing in Nemo. I had my starting both Abreu. I had my starting fam. Okay. I had my uh-huh. center, my, my center, my right fielder, and, and my first baseman all out, too. You know how you two Wait. lost? You two lost at the strategy part. I can I can directly point out where both of you and why you lost to me. It wasn't the injuries uh-huh. that cost you. It was your strategy and how no. you play the game. And I've mentioned this to you before. You are the most highly researched person I have ever friggin' met in this, in, in sports. Period. Barring uh-huh. none, I have talked to a lot of people. You are more researched than myself. I will give you that. Okay. Okay. You uh-huh. both lost on the strategy part, Sam. Okay, you know how Sam blew the championship, and now we're talking about a team, folks, that went 16-3 and on the season. This guy was dominating all year long. You know what his problem was? Okay, soon as he went down in saves, okay, and he had a chance to make a roster move to either bolster his hitting or get another starting pitcher where he could have beat me in in things – He was already down, all right, in a category he was never going to catch up on. I had too many. I had more pitching relievers than I did bench hitters. There was no way he was ever going to catch up on that. But he adds a reliever to try and catch me in saves. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Okay. And then you, no, you felt, no, and listen, for you, I don't understand, okay? Here's what I don't understand. You had to have taken a look at the weekly matchup. See, now I can talk uh-huh. to you about it because it's already over. You had to have taken a right. look at the weekly matchup. You knew that uh-huh. there was a matchup, a massive matchup difference in hitting. You were going to miss uh-huh. a lot of hitters, but you went ahead. And in the, not only did you not address it, okay, you kept guys on your bench that, I don't know, you've got a team that's ending up in second place, but you still felt the need to keep guys for next year. Uh, while Meanwhile, you're in a playoff fight. That made no sense in, at first, but then when you go ahead and you know you're decidedly down on a hitting matchup and you go ahead and add Kenley Jansen, a guy that Absolutely. was on DL at the time, a guy that was on DL at the time, that comes off as either somebody who didn't pay attention to the stats and seeing where the hitting was going or somebody that was cocky and thought that they had me beat. All right, right, Z, you guys lost in the strategy part You didn't lose nah, I can't Because you right. of the injuries There's a not reason the why I finished Listen, we're at 11 of 12 Now, of my uh-huh. last 12 leagues, 11 of the 12 I've taken the money in There's a reason, it's not luck
1: hmm.
0: So, I'm just saying. here's where there's a hole In your, in your story here So, you get four moves per week when I had right. these three of my moves Sunday night to replace Mike Trout, Noah Syndergaard, Carlos Martinez right off the road, Trout, Trout had already left been out.
2: Trout had already been out. Syndergaard had already been out. You had that whole they week prior. You were already in. Yet. You know that there was absolutely no damn way for you to not make that playoffs. You had the opportunity to go ahead and bolster your team in the uh, – widest opening. I mean, you could have driven a truck through your hitting opening that you left me, okay? And you didn't there address it There was nothing
0: available. There was nothing available on that waiver wire. If, you know Lison what was, was You know what stand.
2: was better? Better than a Kenley Jansen sitting on your DL list. Whatever hey, was still
0: a better Kenley chance Jansen at it. You was, didn't want you to even take Jansen a chance at, at it. Kenley Jansen was rumored to come back. Now, Kenley Jansen was rumored that to come back. That wasn't your weakness. K, That's not where you were getting beat a though. I need for nine? He's that's not where you're getting categories. beat. That's not where He's you're still getting beat. three at. categories. Oh, but it okay. was. Look at the final stats.
2: <sighs> I know what the one final stat is, and that's all that I care about. Listen, you guys can say you I know. got lucky, uh, injury, and all this oh. stuff. Okay? I, I see – you see best. the injury part. Listen, it's fair. It's fair. You two see the injury part. I see the strategy part as the downfall. We'll never agree on it, but what we'll agree well, on – I'll just say this. What we'll agree on is, see you guys next year.
0: Well, in my best gesture imitation, isn't that first trophy adorable? When you get the four, like I got, then we'll talk.
2: Yeah. Since I joined the league, sir, except for that first year, I have the better record than you, and that is a second now and a first two years straight. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to go? I just beat the team. Listen, folks, JT is a great player. But understand what he tried, okay? You got to understand, at our draft, he had a five player jump on me. That's what he needed to compete with a five play player jump.
0: You play the settings. You don't just sit you back play, and not that's do everything. Right. That's fine. Hey, you listen, I, look, kudos to you.
2: Kudos to you. But the, no, listen, I'm not complaining about it. I'm stating a fact. You, you had 15 players before I had my 10. And that's what it takes of uh, my point being is in order to compete in a league with me, you've got a player of your caliber going to those lengths just to have a shot. That's my point. It's not luck. You're going I to see. drastic measures to just compete.
0: That's not drastic measures. That's called play in the settings. That's, That's taking advantage it's of a colonist strategy. to have no clue this morning. I played the strategy. That's, That's fine. exactly what that is. That's strategy I'm not complaining.
2: Today. It didn't work for you. It I don't sounds care. Like it.
0: Hey, you're not complaining, but who is it that said they'd contact all the teams next year and tell them not to trade with me? That sounds like a complaint to me. I don't need to. I can
2: go. I'll tell you what. We'll leave ah. it as it is. I don't need to. Apparently, apparently okay. it meant nothing. You got a five player lead on me, and you know what? In the end, it meant nothing. You know what? I Here, hope that here's the best, has Here a is really the best part. Here's the best part. No, here's the best part. You want to know the best part about this? Okay. You, know, you want to know who helped You're me? You're going to tell us. Yeah. You know who helped me? The person who, helped, who dropped Joey Gallo, and I had him for that last month. Joey Gallo got me over the hump. I didn't have a right, right fielder once Nemo went down. Talk to the guy mm. who dropped Joey Gallo. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Uh, I would never. No, have it wasn't Gallo. you. It I wasn't didn't me. say it was you. The guy who dropped Joey Gallo gave me that championship. Couldn't tell you who it was, but I know I know the guy who got me over the hump <laughs> because I had such a such a problem with that right fielder. I had no right, right. fielders all season long. You know this. I had bench. I kept Salar on my bench because I didn't have right fielders hoping that he'd come back. No. Oh, it, was, it was a great no. league. I look forward to next year. I know that damn well, okay, you and Sam are coming full full force at me again, which you guys do every year. You guys are the best fucking players. You guys are the best uh, damn players I play against, period, barring none. And we're going to see where Adam Reich falls in. That's, see, this is my curiosity. Right. That's my curiosity. Where does Wright fit in? Right.
0: He's got to be better than Fabiano.
2: Let's get – here's what we're going to do, though, now, folks. We're going to get all of you right up there with the rest of us. See, you got to understand one thing. We're here to help you. We're here to help you if you're brand new at fantasy sports or you're already playing For money. Whatever the case is, each and every week, if you've listened last year, you know on Saturdays we give you the breakdown of each game fantasy-wise. If you were listening last year, well, there's a reason why you're listening this year, and the audience continues to grow. JT and I both lay it down. So with that said, why don't we lay it down? Mm -hmm. Let's break out the football on them. Enough baseball. We've talked some baseball there. It was cute, adorable, all that. Some fun. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and let's break out the Oakland. Let's break out Oakland and everything that went on today. AFC West, hit it, JT. What do you got?
0: Well, you got to look at the move uh, Oakland did, whether you play in an IDP league or not. At this point, when you trade one of the best young defensive ends, uh, defensive player of the year in 2016 in, in a, Khalil Mack for two first round picks. I believe that means uh, Mario Edwards is who's slated to, to fill in at that, that um, left end spot. I just, I mean, that kills the Raiders team defense, in my opinion. Their sack totals are going to go down. Uh, I think you'll see quite a few more tackles in your IDP leagues for your linebackers. Uh, but let's, let's talk, you know, let's talk John Gruden. This is the 10, you know, 10 year, $100 million contract to this head coach, a guy that put his stamp on that team today by not paying Khalil Mack and trading him. But it also sends a message to that locker room and those fans in Las Vegas that we're not willing to pay top talent. So I think Oakland really screwed the pooch in this all the way around from the message it sends and the player that they got rid of. But, you know, we're talking fantasy players. Amari Cooper yeah. dropped to a wide receiver three last year. But you got to look, any John Gruden's had – You know, a guy of that caliber, whether it was Keyshawn Johnson before he sent him home, any of those type of players, he likes to pick one receiver and force feed him the ball. I think you're going to see at least 115, 120 catches for Amari Cooper this year. Like what I'm seeing there. Martavis Bryant looks like he may get suspended again, cut today. So all you took a flyer on him, kind of makes you wonder a little bit what's going on in that guy's head. Uh, You look at a guy like Johnny Holton. I think he slides up. Griff Whalen, a guy who catches the ball really well, runs good routes. These are some of the receivers that I think you can snag late in the draft. Nice filler mm-hmm. please, uh, filler piece, bye week replacement, that type of thing. As far as rookies go, John Gruden has never really favored rookies. So, I mean, there's really – I don't think any of the rookies on that team are, are fantasy relevant at this point. Uh, the running back spot looks like Marshawn Lynch is labeled the starter at this point. I still see a nice split between him, um, Martin, and don't forget Jalen Richard. He's a big play guy. Got some speed. He lines up at the fullback spot, kind of the old Frank Wycheck H back role, quite a bit. He catches the ball well. He'll get you know five to seven touches a game. But if you need a flyer, you're hurting for somebody. Mm-hmm. Might be a guy to look at. But overall, looking at the Raiders, Derek yeah. Carr. It's all about Derek Carr, Jesser.
2: You see, uh, you see him getting back to form. Do you see him and Amari Cooper getting back to form though?
0: I do. Um, you know, Mari Cooper worked with Tim Brown this offseason, one of the best receivers yeah. that no one ever talks about uh, in NFL history. I think he got his confidence up. I know he gained some muscle, got a little stronger. And we talking about a guy that was a Pro Bowl player for two years before that. So I'm willing to say two out of the three years, the guy was a Pro Bowl caliber player. So I, I'd look for him to get back, and i look for John Gruden to have a big role for him.
2: Two quick notes on what you said. I mentioned Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant, folks, uh, was already getting ready to be suspended. And now word has it that there is another suspension on the horizon for a frail drug test. Uh, You're looking at lifetime ban. That's why they dropped him. As far as the clearly Mac, uh, listen, I'm one of the few people that actually see that I, I feel both teams did all right. I look at it as this. It's not something that the fan base is going to want to hear, obviously, at first. But this is a move that allows you to do this. Listen, at the very least, you're going to have two extra first-round picks. One of those two is going to be a bust. And the other one, a boom. At the very least, you figure if you go 50-50, one bust, one boom, okay? Well, your boom is your player that you're replacing. But what you're doing over the next four years, while that boom is growing and you're getting those first round picks and all that, you've also freed up a lot of cap space to bolster the rest of the roster. What can you get just by adding an extra million here to a position or an extra two million there instead of putting it all into one player? We're seeing players, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers, 20% of the team's cap. That's absurd. This shit's going to stop. And it'll stop after we, and we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers later because he's going to be tied on how and why it stops. I, I, I love the breakdown of Oakland. I just want to throw that out there. I don't see it as completely uh-huh. a bad thing. Uh, people are on Chucky for getting rid of King. King, from what I heard, wasn't the greatest locker room guy. So he's building the team. It's going to be all on him. He was given a lot of money, and I think to go ahead and judge what he's doing in one preseason, right. there's no way to tell. I, I said well, earlier in one of the chat groups, I think it was in uh year-round uh, fantasy football discussion, I was in there talking with a couple of people and said this, you know, I want to see during the season. Here's where I want to know if Chucky is Chucky. What kind of coaching, what kind of adjustments, either in-game or during the season, goes on? What players progress or regress? What do the numbers look like? That's what's going to be interesting.
0: Right. So, And one, one quick follow-up on Khalil Mack, though. Yeah. Again, this guy was a pillar of the locker room. Wasn't a troublemaker at all. Uh, holding out for what he felt he deserved, which I don't disagree with him. So I just don't like the message that it sends to the fans in Vegas that they're going to, building that stadium. And I don't like the message that it sends to the locker room that, hey, we're not willing to pay top-end talent.
2: Well, you better create a new face real quick. Right. That's what it does. You better create a new face real quick. You better be selling Chucky to this Vegas group right now. Right now, if you look at that team, you've been, yeah, you're selling Chucky. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, My first team, listen, yeah, call me a homer. I really don't give a shit on this one. Yeah, it's my (laughs) Giants, folks. I really don't care. Um, Listen, you're looking at an offense, and and as far as from a running back perspective, the last time the Giants had a 1,000-yard rusher was 2012 with Ahmad Bradshaw. 2015. You know, last time they had a 1,200-yard rusher. Again, Ahmad Bradshaw, back to 2010. I don't, say, I don't think this is a, a, a stretch to say that those numbers are available to Saquon Barkley this first year, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, with the number of carries that he's going to get. I can see this young man getting between 250 to 260 carries. At roughly 4.7 to 5 per carry at a minimum. I've watched that young man carry the Pitts, the uh, Penn State team, literally through a whole game. Everybody knew he was getting it. It didn't matter. I I saw it on several games. You add that with Odell pulling coverage, you've got Ingram. Okay, so you got Barkley looking. Barkley's an RB1. Odell is a a wide receiver one. Ingram is probably on most boards a top six tight end. Shepard, a a wide receiver two, a flex. Other than, and this this is one for you, Jason, other Mm -hmm. than Minnesota and the Chiefs, is there a more talented fantasy performance, from a fantasy performance standpoint, On any one team, when you look at Barkley in RB1, Odell, wide receiver one, Ingram, a top tight end, Shepard, a wide receiver two, maybe a flex. Other than Minnesota and the Chiefs,
0: I'd put those in the top three from a fantasy team perspective. Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, Schuster, and Le'Veon Bell's got to come to mind. But other than that, it's pretty difficult.
2: Uh, I was changing up. Uh, well, okay, yeah. But, okay, throw in the tight end, though. I'm talking about all four spots. I'm talking about from running back, one receiver, two receiver, and tight end.
0: Well, I, let's take a guy that you talked about when we talked tight ends before. This is mm-hmm. going to be a big jump forward for Austin Hooper this year, Julio Jones. You look on the other side, Calvin Ridley with a big spring, Sanu. Uh,
2: That's a Kevin good Coleman,
0: one. Coleman, Devonta Freeman. You know, that's a, that's I like a team that, that, one. That's that I think. That one I can a, go with. Yeah, sim- similar pop. Yeah. But it's, that's uh, a it's good tough one. to beat what the Giants are putting out there.
2: It's a, it's a good one. It'll be a good one. And they're going to need. Uh, listen, folks, uh, I am a realis- realistic fan, though. As much as I love our offense, we're going to need every bit of it because our defense is going to suck. Mark my words. We have nobody in the defensive backfield that can cover in pass coverage. We don't have a linebacker in Ogletree that can cover out of the backfield, cover the back out of the backfield. We're in deep shit on defense. So we're going to need every bit of that offense. Mm -hmm. Anyway, good. Let's keep going. Who do you got next?
0: Uh, Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Stay in the AFC West. You know, we talk about a team that brought in Case Keenum. Basically, it almost looks like they traded Trevor Simeon to Minnesota to back up Kirk Cousins. Case Keenum comes down, take over the starting role. I like Case Keenum. Do I think he's a gunslinger like somebody else who's been on our show? No. I think he's more of an Alex Smith game manager that may take an occasional shot if it's wide open. But we're looking at a team. Case Keenum, I like him as a quarterback, too. Uh, The running game, I'm a little scared of this running game. We're talking about three guys. Yes, there's Royce Freeman. Yes, there's Devontae Booker. There's a guy named Philip Lindsay that not a lot of people are looking at, and they should be. This kid's got talent. He had a big preseason. He catches the ball well, and he does one thing that all coaches love. He knows how to pick up the blitz. It's a guy that's going to be on the field some. I can see that running back situation being muddled uh, early on Ooh. in Denver until somebody kind of rises to the top. I do think that ends up being Royce Freeman, but early on that could be scary. Receiving core, Demarius Thomas, a year older, I don't know. I mean, do I see the guy topping 1,000 yards? Maybe I'm looking more into maybe the low 900, but he could get to 1,000, 6-7 touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that I'd like to own, guy that just seems to find that hole in the zone or just seems to be able to beat man coverage whenever it's on him. Uh, but really? But the guy I want to talk about is a – Hold on, hold oh, on. I, like I didn't fan. know that.
2: I didn't know that. that. That's a true story right there. I didn't know you liked Sanders.
0: I do. Sanders is just one of those players that just finds a way to get open. You like those kind of scrappy guys. I I hate to use the term, but he's kind of like that Wes Welker. You know, he just finds a way to get open. Is he the most physically gifted guy out there? No, but he seems to make it work. Um, But the guy I want to talk about is Cortland Sutton, the rookie out of SMU. As each game went along in in August, he seemed to get better. He seems to get a little bit more of a chemistry with Case Keenum. I think this is a big receiver that has speed. He's a hands catcher. He goes up and attacks the ball at a high point, and I think this is a guy that Keenum's going to start to lean on as the year goes along. Uh, you know, Dynasty Leagues, I'm sure he's already drafted, but a lot of seasonal leagues, I'm still seeing this guy out there in redraft. This is the guy I think you need to look at. Lastly, the tight end position, I think it's last year's rookie out of Michigan, Jake Butt. The guy can block. The guy, did, The guy didn't blow out his knee in the bowl game a couple years ago. He would have been a first-round pick. I think you're going to see him... Well, uh, week four, week five, I think he'll become more of a fantasy relevant guy. Early on, I think he kind of to get his feet wet, so to speak. But this is a guy you can pick up. Uh, I would, he's worth a stash, Jethro. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, um, I, I just like I, I, I like, but. <laughs> well. Yeah. Uh, uh, I couldn't not. I couldn't not. I just couldn't. I just couldn't let that slide folks. I'm sorry. Remember that four-year-old that we mentioned earlier. There he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there a it son is. Of a bitch running through the studio again. Um, no, I like that assessment. I didn't know you liked Sanders that whole time. Son of a bitch. I, that's the first time I've heard you, uh, that yeah, I think I, we ever talked about him really. So uh, that was some good stuff. Right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, no. Um, and, uh, Not to be, I'm not trying to be funny now. Uh, I I do like, uh, I do like, but for the end of the year. And uh, we'll leave that there. Let's continue on. Dallas, folks. I'm going to continue on. I'm doing the NFC East. I started with the Giants. Let's go Dallas. And let's talk about a name that's not mentioned and should be watched. See, I believe it's stashing players for later on in the year. Once you've gone ahead and you've hit your draft and you're on those last spots, You can use them for different things. You can use them for cups or, you know, reaches and stuff like that, you know. But mine, I like to make sure that if I am going to go ahead and stash somebody, it's somebody I believe that's going to come on more as the year goes on. And, you know, I take a look at this Dallas team star for receptions i i see alan Hearn, somebody that's going to be injured probably at some point and he's only 6-1 and, and terrence williams at 6-2 uh mediocre at best Cole beasley 5-8 really just not not really your your go-to red zone weapon even Gallup, okay 6-1 uh you're going to see tavon austin tavon austin's going to be the third down back slot guy i'm going to run around uh you know He's going to run around the field 20 times and, and and then line up there and this, that, the other. Okay. But he's still five, eight. And all the plans that they have for Tabon. What they also have is a guy right now starting at tight end. At least he's first on the depth chart that won't be there as the season progresses and Jeff Swain. What they do have is this year's fourth round pick out of Stanford. Okay. Now understand one thing, Dalton Schultz, runs he out of Stanford, they run a pro scheme. He's used to playing the pro game. He he was the guy he was one of the guys that graded the running lanes for Bryce Love's two thousand yards. This is a guy that he's going to get time on the field because he can handle the run blocking. Okay? But he's also a guy that has those hands that wasn't utilized as much in stanford they're finding out that they ran one of his favorite plays early on in camp and it seems to be a regular is a fade route from the tight end position over the shoulder he's catching it like it's nothing and this is a guy that really didn't catch that much out of college okay but at 6-5 on a team that has nobody over 6'2". And Terrence Williams at 6'2", is a little iffy. I've seen Terrence Williams. I don't know if he's 6'2". That dude's not an inch taller than me. Um, But, okay, I'll even go with that. Nobody over 6'2". This guy becomes, middle middle of the season, the latest, one of the big red zone weapons, I, I believe, on this Dallas team. Jason?
0: Well... Do you along. agree we're disagree? I'm,
2: I'm oh, a maniac. I'm I, I maniac. do.
0: I do. Dallas, for me, uh, and we're talking, you know, we're a fantasy show. We're talking fantasy. I like Dak Prescott, the good quarterback. I'm not an Allen Hearns guy. Uh, I used to be, but the guy just doesn't seem to be able to handle the NFL pounding week in and week out. You know, Michael Gallup, you know, we'll see what he gets. But, you know, you're you're the guy you're talking about is tight end there. Um going to be a lot of targets. Do you think V catches a lot more passes this year?
2: They're starting to. It seems uh, from what I've been hearing out of there is that they're working him catching the ball more out of the backfield, which is something that they're going to need. I mean, obviously they, they need to get the – as far as dynamic players go, this team here, uh, what do you say – Maybe Washington has the least dynamic players of the division. Dallas
0: I would say. Giants. Yeah.
2: And then Philly probably being the most talented right now.
0: I would think that that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Zeke if Zeke can become uh all around back as far as catch for balls. Board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean but no, I think I yeah, like what you're saying, you look at a guy for a little later on, a guy that's gonna help you in the playoff time and I think he hit
2: something,
0: you know, hit on something with that.
2: They're going to need somebody. They're going to need a red zone yeah. target. This is a kid. Though know,
0: you always talk
2: about is he going to be able to get on the field when you're able to run block for for uh Bryce Love for 2000 yards. You're going right. to get some attention when you've got Zeke back there looking for run blockers. So Absolutely. Yeah, so opportunity, opportunity for him to be on the field is going to be there. Anyway, go ahead, keep so, going. Who do you uh,
0: have? In the AFC West, let's go to oh, Kansas uh, City. Yeah. home of some great barbecue. Uh, yeah. Another team also that a lot of people Carlisle. are, you know, that oh yeah, has some uh, you know darlings of the uh, of the AFC. I'm not quite there, though. I'm not as tough on a particular quarterback as my co-host there, the Jesser, is. I look at what Pat Holmes has done this preseason. I look at what he did against starters in week three. I look at him lighting up Tyree Kill. I mean, Tyree Kill is just absolutely insane. The guy, the guy has so much speed. He's running crisp routes. He's a noticeably better route runner from what I've seen so far. Granted, it's August. But, again, that week three where you have your dress rehearsal, really like what I'm seeing from him. Travis Kelsey, probably the best tight end in fantasy, if not 1B. Some people did Gronkowski. I'd rather have Kelsey. I actually trust him to be on the field. Uh, Charkandrick yeah. West got the boot, kind of cleared up that murky running back position. I think he got, you know, Kareem Hunt. Spencer Ware's a guy that, unlike, well, Jester didn't forget about him, but it seems like if you a lot of people have. This guy's got some capability. He catches the ball well. He runs the ball well. He's a nice goal line. Seems to have a nose for that, you know, a nose for that pylon. So a guy that I think you don't dis- disregard. But the one guy I do want to talk about, And I'm completely disregarding. He's my AFC bust this year at wide receiver. The Sammy Watkins. Already been banged up with yet another hip injury, playing through it. But this is a guy that's never lived up to the hype coming out of Clemson, not even remotely lived up to the hype. This is a guy that a lot of people are taking high in draft, top seven, top eight rounds. This is a guy that you shouldn't even be looking at at this point. A, he's a glass cannon. For every 80-yard touchdown, which he catches, what, one or two a year, he's going to get hurt five times. So this is a guy that I want to avoid completely. Uh, but looking at that roster, it's a good roster. It's a balanced roster. I like Mahomes a little bit more than some. But all in all, I really don't think the skill position players, Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, Spencer where I don't think you're really going to miss a beat. I think you're going to get a lot of what you saw last year.
2: What do you think – and uh, I've mentioned these two names as people that could step up on that offense. See, you, I I tend to feel that there are times that you're overlooking, you're overlooking, you're overlooking somebody, somebody. Uh, 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 who were they? Who who could they be used to besides mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill? Sammy Watkins okay. is new on the team. Somebody that could go ahead and. Again, you mentioned not living up to potential, already injured. Maybe maybe do we see – is this where we start to see Chris Conley live yeah, up to I his think, potential? And, he, and,
0: we're, and we're talking about a guy that, that spent a lot of the off season, you know, working with, you know, Mahomes as, as some of the other receivers, but a guy that he is talented. He's got a, you know, nice catch radius when you see this guy. He can go up and get it. Uh, he'll go down and get it. Not afraid to throw himself on the ground, die for a ball. You see some of these receivers that just, if they got to die for it, forget it. Let it hit my feet. You know, this is kind of a a ball to the wall type of player that just kind of goes all at it. So I like that name. That could be somebody who, you know, once Sammy Watkins has his normal injury, steps right into that, you know, into that role of his and and could flourish.
2: Well, and here's and to put a little cherry on on why I pulled his name because you know there's people that. The haters will go, he eh, just throws names out there and hopes spaghetti sticks on the wall and all that shit. You know what? Here, here's spaghetti sticking on the wall for you. Why do I say this guy? Because you know what? Why? I I, I feel that Mahomes, uh, let's make sure I keep this real with everybody. I feel that he could struggle this year. I didn't say for uh-huh. career and that? all this stuff. I said for this season. Right. Okay. And Please just simply that. because that's rookies. That, well, he's not a rookie but this is his first year. Really full year starting. So he's going to face teams are going to get a lot of film on him. I want to see what happens when that hap- when that goes on. But a guy like this, here here's a perfect example uh, of why I pull somebody like a Chris Connolly. He's had time to work with him. Besides Hill. Now, why Chris Connolly, though, folks, this is a guy that really, he has a lot of skills. He's got a lot of potential. You're talking about a guy 6'2", 213, that runs a four-three-six. 6 uh-huh. It's not just Hill with the speed as a wide receiver on this team. So while Hill is going to be drawing mad coverage, no matter how fast he is, he's going to draw mad coverage, you're going to have a guy running 4-3-6 six at 6-2 six, with a quarterback that can get it there. I wouldn't be surprised he if we definitely. see Conley have a breakout year. That's just my opinion. I like it. Anyway, moving along. Philly, you know, I really oh, – oh, you know, parts of this job suck. Not many, not many, not many. I got to be honest with you. Not many. I'm a, it's a false rant, there, folks. Not many. But this is one of them. I got to tell you about how good the Eagles are. I got to tell you about, you know, how great their offensive line is. The only thing that you can pick on is when it's not starting the first game. But let's make no mistakes, other than a Super Bowl hangover. We're still talking about, oh, God, I'm going to be sick. The best team in the division.
0: Huh. Oh, God. You know that, Sorry.
2: huh? Yeah. Philly, um, you've got a one-two punch, now a tight end with Ertz and Goddard. Uh While I don't see a Jai staying the starter, we've mentioned Clement is a name, folks. Please keep an eye on this kid. Uh, Sproles will fill in nicely, but don't expect the old – I mean, he is the old Sproles, so don't expect the old (laughs) Sproles. And then you have Smallwood, okay? You go to wide receiver, okay? You've got Alshon. you got Mike Wallace. What kind of dimension is he going to add? Will he find his former self? you got Aguilar, plenty of potential there. You've got an unheralded yet very talented Mac Hollins, okay, a guy that you should really keep an eye on just in case Alshon doesn't stay healthy. I can see Mac Hollins getting a nice amount of playing time. Uh, you can, I mean, you even right down to their fifth wide receiver, Marcus Wheaton, still has some ability there. All right, you've got an offensive line that's going to do their job. Peters, Wisniewski, Kelsey, Brooks, Dwayne Johnson. It's just a disgusting offense, and there isn't many people on that offense that you don't want to own. The only question mark is Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz has been a question mark in his college years. He's been a question mark throughout. Now it's becoming a regular thing. They're going to be safe with him. There is no hurry. I hear Philly fans freaking out. Guys, shut up. One game. Maybe two. What's the worst? What's the worst? Two games. And then you get Carson friggin' Wentz back in this offense. If I hear one more Philly fan crying about this, I'm going to scream. All right, enough. There was nothing really to talk about Philly. Everybody knows about them. JT, go ahead. So let's uh, look at
0: Los Angeles Chargers.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Los Angeles.
0: Philip, Philip Rivers, yeah, you know, the ancient one, coming off a 4,500-yard passing season. I'm, I'm expecting the decline to start. Um, you know, you've got Keenan Allen. Did stay healthy last year. If he can stay healthy, then obviously you're talking about a guy that's a wide receiver one. Uh, Mike Williams, a guy that some really like and others i'm not quite sure we're talking about a guy that had a, a back injury last season that cost him pretty much the whole season um tyrell williams travis benjamin you know just to me a lot of wide receiver threes playing wide receiver two for that team uh, outside of keenan allen the guy that i really do like on that roster melvin gordon a guy that's going to catch the ball run the ball get the goal line carries you know and his backup is a sneaky guy to look at too not a lot of people know the name Austin Eckler, but you should. He's a big play guy. He catches the ball well. He's a guy that the coaching staff obviously has a, a specific role for. This is a guy that you could see get 7 to 10, 7 to 12 touches in a game, whether it's rushing or receiving. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon hasn't been a guy that's been able to stay injury-free either, so it does the Chargers well to get this guy some carries, get Melvin Gordon a little bit of time on the sideline. Uh the tight end position took a huge blow with Hunter Henry uh, going out long before the season began. I think Virgil Green is probably your starter at this point. Guy you remember in Denver. He'd occasionally once or twice during the season have you a fantasy relevant week, but uh at that point he's a he's bi week fodder for me. Not a guy that I'm gonna trust to do much in this offense. I'm still curious to see. I've heard rumors of Antonio Gates, but yet I haven't seen anything um uh, you know, seen anything specific on that yet. And let's be honest, at his age and with his, uh, the injuries that guy's had on his feet, uh, how much can you really trust him in your fantasy league anyway? So when I look at this team, again, Phillip Rivers, I still think he's serviceable. I have right. more as a quarterback, too, at this point. Uh, but Melvin okay. Gordon's a guy I really do want to get.
2: And I'm sorry, your thoughts on Mike Williams?
0: I'm not sure on Mike Williams. I mean, this is a big receiver that goes up and gets a football, maybe a red zone guy. Six, seven touchdowns, I can see him catching 40, 45 balls. Um, but it just seems like Williams, Benjamin, you know, Tyrell Williams, all, Mike Williams. It's just so many guys that are more of a wide receiver three in fantasy that they're trying to force feed into that wide receiver two role. So outside of Keenan Allen, I'm not really looking at anything uh, as far as their receivers go.
2: And that's the one place that I am going to uh, disagree with you on. Uh, I've been saying it now for a little bit, and I, I have seen absolutely zero, zero reason to come off this. Mike Williams steps up this year and proves why he was taken so high last year, folks. He is clearly becoming their red zone target in the absence of a tight end. Hunter Henry, uh, they, they decided to pop him just in case. I uh, Mm -hmm. i I, i've heard that's nothing but a long shot so this is a guy that's going to be he's already they they needed to find who's going to be their red zone target this is going to be the guy they went out you know he's a high draft pick here folks this is somebody that this is one of those receivers like Corey davis okay that underperformed their first year okay but Have have a good shot at performing this year, and unlike maybe Corey Davis, got a little bit better quarterback for Mike
0: Williamson than
2: than what Corey Davis Uh is dealing with. Just my opinion. I'm not doubting the talent.
0: I'm not doubting the talent. Okay, I'm doubting that Hmm. back. I just I don't trust the back.
2: Understood, understood. Hey, listen, there's plenty of times I put the red flag up on a player because I'm not crazy about their injury history, and so I I completely understand your concerns. I just, I don't know. I think he's going to get past that. We're going to find out. Moving right along, though, because we're we're up against it. (laughs) Washington, Washington, the last team in the NFC East we're going to give you folks, and there's a reason why. They are the meat freaking talented team, uh, they're a mess. They're a mess. If you're a Washington fan, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I feel bad for you guys, all right? You brought in Alex Smith, okay? So now guess what? You went from a, a quarterback that can throw the deep ball to somebody who can't. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. Enjoy that little present you just got. Then, be But, you know, fortunately for you guys, you did keep what was the issue and what was wrong with it. You kept Jordan Reed, and you've still got Crowder. Hey, listen, what's what more could you want than off-injured players? That's fantastic. The only player that I really see that possibly, okay, who has been underwhelming and, and could be his year is Doxon, Dachshund. okay? Doxson's a guy that I think will make that connection with Alex Smith. The addition of Paul Richardson is going to be interesting, uh, again, they got Alex Smith. What do you oh, listen, this team, they got Vernon Davis, uh, besides Jordan Reed, Snooze. Let me just fall asleep right now uh, on a team <laughs> that has nobody that makes me go, wow, wow, they got him. You got a game plan for him. The only person that you might have had the game plan for is out for the year in Geist. You've got an aged AP. Fat Rob's no longer Fat Rob. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you right now. Fat Rob's the kind of guy that you don't sleep on just because he's got heart. That man, I like him, okay? I, Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to follow him around a little bit and see what he's about. And he has got some heart. He is a hard worker, and he's lost weight. He's no longer Fat Rob. Watch for AP maybe to wear down early. This is something that you gotta keep an eye out for. Is where he may or may not wear down. Maybe fall to the injuries. Uh, So maybe by game six, game seven, he's already wearing down. Maybe that's where a fat Rob steps up and becomes your back. You know, P. Ryan. P. Ryan could step up, but I doubt it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking. Listen, of the two, let me ask you, JT. Of the two, because Chris Thompson's just strictly your passing back. You never want that guy to be your every down back. But let me right. ask you: I, I have Fat Rob ahead of P Ryan as who I want as my running back. What about you?
0: Uh, I mean, on talent, I would say P Ryan. But we're talking about a guy that can't ha- can't hang on to the football. Uh, if you don't yeah. have football, you can't score. And and Gruden had enough of that from him last year. So this is a guy that can't secure the football, can't hold on to the football, and at this point. You know what, I I think Gruden's had enough, so yeah, I would think uh, not-so-fat Rob would be the guy uh, they own, and it's funny, you're giving AP six games, I was thinking six quarters before he wears down.
2: <laughs> you know, everybody thinks, oh, I'm the big guy around here. Yeah. Go ahead, let's continue on. What do you got next? Obviously, we're changing the state Texas. division.
0: Yeah, yeah we're going to go to the FC South, head to the great state of Texas once again, Talk about the Houston Texans. You all know DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody knows Deshaun Watson. We don't need to talk about those guys. We'll talk about what a guy like Hopkins and Watson can do for a guy like Will Fuller, a guy that should see a lot of single coverage. And if you don't remember Will Fuller at Notre Dame, we're talking about a guy that can blow the cover off a of defense because he has game-breaking speed and a guy that catches the ball pretty well on top of that. A lot of people are high on the Texas Tech rookie Kevin – or Kiki Kuti uh, – Small sub-9-inch hands, that bothers me with the NFL receiver. Small hands, I think he's going to be more of a special teams guy. They did let Braxton Miller walk third-year receiver slash quarterback out of Ohio State, so maybe he gets on the field in that third receiver role. But let's talk about the real real error that people are making in the drafts I've seen so far. Lamar Miller, okay, have you people not seen what you're going to see from Lamar Miller? Because as the gesture pointed out, I believe a couple shows ago, This is a guy whose average yards per carry have dropped drastically each year since 2015. Mm -hmm. This guy is a change of pace back. He is not a starting running back. And by week seven, you're going to see Mr. Texas high school football, the nation's top running back in college from two years ago, Texas native Dante Foreman, I think is going to take over that role. As you have pointed out, I agree with you completely. This is a guy that's not being drafted high at all. And a guy that I think come mid season towards your playoff push is a guy that's gonna capitalize for you. He's a power back, he's a strong runner, and he gets better as the game goes along. So I think uh to use a a reference from uh Gridiron guys, Lamar Miller's fool's gold, my friend. You need to be going Dante Foreman. Jester
2: Yeah, uh I like Foreman. I, I've got Foreman in a couple of leagues. Uh, matter of fact, the one I name my team. Listen, folks, I, a lot of times I name name my team uh, after the players that are on it after I draft. Uh, one of the, probably the better names I have is Dante Gesicki here. Um, thank you. Boom, But, yeah, Yeah. no, I like that kid. Listen, what we talked about, JT alluded to, was that over the last four years, each of the last four years, uh, Miller's lost a half a yard per carry. uh, I'm not kidding. That's exact. He's lost a half a yard per carry each of the last four. So clearly a back that's starting to show the wear and tear. People go, well, he's not that old. It doesn't matter. This is the NFL. You can't tell how long somebody's body's gonna say, you know what, I had enough. This is tough. Good but watch that kid that kid's gonna be that kid's gonna take over that backfield, and you're gonna have probably one of the more dangerous one of the more dangerous, if not the most dangerous. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. In the AFC South, the Texans will be the most dangerous offense especially after, I'd say he'll be off at the six, back seven, probably eight, no later than nine. We'll see him as the regular starting back. And at that point, you're going to see an offense that's going to be difficult to stop. Uh Moving along, speaking of offenses that are going to be difficult to stop, and it's funny, I'm going to say this on a day where their defense gets all the attention getting Khalil Mack. You know, folks, uh, here's one of the things that I want people to understand what I see when I look at these Bears and what everybody needs to pay attention to. Let's take a look at the players on offense for the Bears. I know everybody's talking about Mac, but let's not sleep on that Bear offense. Let's remember this. Allen Robinson joined this team. Let's remember what Allen Robinson was with crappy quarterbacks in Jacksonville. Then you've got Taylor Gabriel, an underneath specialist. Let's remember what he was to Atlanta last year. Mm -hmm. They've added Trey Burton, a pass-catching tight end, to go with Shaheen, who is a pass-catching tight end. To go with Deion Sims from Miami, who is a pass catching tight end. Then, okay, so you've got Robinson, we've got Gabriel, we've got Burton, we've got Shaheen, we've got Sims. Running back, you've got Jordan Howard. Then you've got Tariq Cohen, a pass catching running back. You've got Benny Cunningham, a pass catching running back. Yeah, you know, you keep saying pass-catching, pass-catching. Well, you know what? Sounds like we might be leading up to something. Another Mitch Trubisky prediction, JT.
0: <laughs>
2: last year, folks, if you missed it, you weren't with us last year, you knew the show, okay? Just as the season, just before the season started, a show much like this one, the one before the season mm-hmm. started. I sat there and I told people, that Mitch Trubisky would be the starting quarterback on week six. My fine co host called me Hinky, said it was a Hinky prediction. It turned out to be true. Now I'm going to make another one about Mr. Trubisky. Mr. Trub- Mr. Trubisky is not the quarterback you saw last year, folks. Last year, you saw a, a nervous kid. You could see it in his eyes. They have surrounded. That young man, talented young man with a lot of weapons. Everybody. Allen, deep threat. Taylor underneath. Burton, Shaheen, Dion Sims, Tariq Cohen, Benny Cunningham, all these guys that can pass catch. Now, go watch the films. I won't have to say a word, go watch the films of this preseason. Go watch Mitch Trubisky walk in a huddle. Watch him walking around the sideline. He is no longer that starry-eyed kid, that nervous kid. Watch him walk around that sideline like he owns it. It's not the same kid from last year. The, The offense that scored 264 points last year is looking at 100 points better. And I haven't gotten to why yet. See, in just about every dynasty league so far, especially the ones where I traded Hopkins, I went out and got myself an Anthony Miller from Memphis. Now, if you don't know who this young man is, let me just throw some names at you so you can fit them in your mind. Okay? And we're going to go ahead and forget that the last two years, In 13 games, not 16, he had over 1,400 yards. He had 14 touchdowns one year, 18 touchdowns last year. You're talking about a guy that was 15.1 per catch, per catch. So now let's take a look. Let's throw out some names out there because, you know, when you're replacing a Hopkins – on teams, mm-hmm. you better know who the hell you're taking. So when I look at his 15.1 per catch and him hooking up with a young quarterback, they're going to play together for a while. They're going to form that bond. And now when I look at him at that, four, at that 15.1 per in college, let me take a look at some of the great names in the game today and what they did in college. Now, I'll start out with Antonio Brown, because he had the lowest of them all at Central Michigan at 10.5. I'll move on to Julio Jones at Bama had 14.8. The replaced DeAndre Hopkins had 14.7 at Clemson. Currently, right now, of the top four wide receivers that are going off draft boards of Hopkins, Odell, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones, only Odell at 16.4 had more yards per catch in college than Anthony Miller. You might want to pay attention to him. That's all I'm saying. I didn't say he's the next Odell, I didn't say he's the next Hopkins. Julio or Antonio, but it's hard to believe that a guy that was a touchdown machine in college, a guy that went over for 1400 yards in 13 games, 15.1 per is all of a sudden going to forget how to do it. Keep an eye on him. JT.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, what this kid produces as the year goes. But, uh, Let's, let's move down south, down to the great state of Florida. You're neck of the woods. Talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. My pick for the just- AFC representative for the Super Bowl yeah. this year, those Jacksonville Jaguars. If Blake Bortles can channel his inner Trent Dilfer, there's no way this team doesn't make the Super Bowl. Just don't lose games, Blake. Just don't lose them. They're going to rely on that running game. Leonard Fournette, I think it's all about pounding the football, mixing a little play-action pass and play great defense. This team has a great young defense, chock full of stars. They have, at all three levels, they have Pro Bowl caliber players, whether it's Calais Campbell in the defensive line, Telvin Smith and Miles Jack at the linebacker position, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. This team is loaded, and they're locked, and they're ready for bear. And I like what Jalen's doing by baiting some of these quarterbacks that he's going to be playing on Twitter for the last few weeks. Actually, he's trying to get him to throw at him. I kind of like it. I like the kid's moxie, but Let's talk offense with this team again. Leonard Fournette, T.J. Yeldon, Corey Grant, nice set of backs uh, for them to rely on. Grant's more of just your speed guy, I think a receiving back. He's going to run the ball some, but he's a speed guy. I think Yeldon's kind of a mix of speed and power, and then you've got the Haas and Leonard Fournette. Let's look at that receiving core. They lost Marquise Lee. I wish you all could see my surprise face that Marquise Lee got hurt. I'm absolutely flabbergasted that this could have ever happened. Some people might want to say, D.D. Westbrook, it's D.D. Westbrook. I think it's a guy that showed up last year at the end of the season in Keenan Cole and had some huge games. This is a guy that I think is going to really get an opportunity to shine. They have the big, big rookie in D.J. Chalk and the free agent signing from division rival Indianapolis and in Dante Moncrief. to so get a nice set of receivers there, but all in all, I really think this is a run-first team mixing the play-action pass. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jacksonville does, but I don't see them being more than a 20- 20 to 22-point-a-game kind of team, and I don't think they give up a whole lot more than 13 games. So it's going to be one of those Baltimore Ravens of the early 2000s uh, formulas is what I see. Run Jamal Lewis, let Ray Lewis and that defense win you games. I see a lot of that coming from Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, you know, a lot of people try to sell me on that whole uh, – Austin Safari and Jenkins thing, a tight end, too. And I'm sorry, folks. You know, I've met him. Great guy. Really nice guy. I met him when he was with Tampa. Okay. And he is talented. But their system doesn't call for it. Go back. Take a look. First of all, Marone's running over 60% of the time to begin with. Then you throw in the Blake Bortles factor. Then you throw, you know, I, there's no way I'm taking Jenkins anywhere in any draft. I don't care. It's no. a team team. Right. Just my opinion. What do, um, what do I know? I, I, don't, I You know what? I, I know one thing. I, I know you pretty much nailed it on the head as far as the Jags go. Uh, there's nothing really other than, like I said, what I had to say about uh, Safari and Jenkins. I think uh, you want to go ahead. A lot of you Fournette owners, you might want to go ahead and uh, get your cuff there just simply because he's had that foot ankle problem, JT. Right. And, yeah. and to go out and get yourself a, a Yeldon right now, it's a good backup play. Simply because the kid does have some injury issues. He's had had a couple of things in dents. He plays that hard running style. And you know what I just said. That regardless of who's back there, Marone's gonna keep it a running team. It's not gonna all of a sudden team. change to you know, Fournette goes down, it's not like, oh well, you know, here goes uh everything on Blake Bortle's shoulders, because no. they're gonna start
1: running. And Yeldon's oh, the, the next man up. This point.
2: Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. And you could win like that with that defense and that running game. Yes, you could win like that. Anyway, moving along, I, I, keeping up with the NFC North, I'm going to go Green Bay Packers. And, you know, we all know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, folks. And now, his
1: shoulder. The interruption has been paid for by the new, 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 new world order. For life. Uh, That's right, folks. It's the one, the only goose, pirating the airwaves of the world's greatest fantasy sports broadcast. And I only have a minute here before the feds come and take me off the air again. So uh, last year, Nate, Thank you, God. I got something to interrupt here. I got a little bit of uh, beef to pick here with U J T. So last year, uh-huh. Nate Burleson called him a future electric playmaker. Nine months ago. Baller claimed him to be a major sleeper value one week ago huh? his adp was 175 website after website says go ahead and reach for him go to 165 go to 155 a few shows ago i named it as one of my sleepers and promptly got challenged over the selection that's right we're talking about dd westbrook again simply because oh. of his relevancy catapulted him past sleeper pick into a wide receiver three possible wide receiver two category discussion after the injury to Marquise Lee. So why is all the talk about Westbrook on fire? Hey, it's simple. With no clear number one wide receiver in Jacksonville, the only man on the team that actually knows the playbook inside and out with all the wide receiver positions. And he has the talent to step up is DD Dee Dee the great. So let's break his competition down real quick here. <laughs> Keelan Cole last year. Forty-two receptions, seven hundred and forty-eight yards, and three touchdowns in sixteen games. That's right, seven hundred and forty-eight yards in sixteen games with only three. How many starts? All right, right.
0: How How many
1: starts? How many starts? What do you mean? How many starts? What are you you talking about? How
0: many times? How many times was he? Was he lined up at the one or the two on the wide receiver depth chart? So if we're talking about a guy now that's the number two. He's going to be out there. He's going to be involved in that offense a lot more than a guy who stays coming in in three and four wide receiver sets.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Anybody that's going to take one of those positions is going to do better. But you look at his stats when he actually did show up into the game, and even in his last game where you said he had such great games last time, he had eight targets for 33 yards in his last game. Where's the show up there? He had two great games. Possibly one third one at 99 yards, and the only time that he actually stepped up to the game is when Didi finally made it back on the field because it freed him up, put him on the field because all of a sudden everybody's going, uh-oh, we got to cover this other guy that won the Bolitnikov. Right, right. So you then, got got John, then we got real quick, got Dante Moncrief. I got the right idea. Yeah. So, Go ahead. In, yeah.
2: in
0: all fairness, just to be fair to all the listeners in yeah. Jesterville. This is also the same guy that picked Jamison Crowder to be a sleeper. Just want to make sure that's understood.
2: You sticking
1: by that?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I'll stick by it. And I, we need to does? talk about math. Give me
0: somebody who has you, man. You're great. But
2: hold on, hold, hold on, hold no, on. let him go. Let him go. He's got it. Hey, listen, he hits. He hits. We're gonna be the ones absolutely. that yeah. it, if he hits.
1: Hey, you can you can hit it. You you might get him. You might not get him. That's the whole point. I look right. at it as it's a sleep- I look at it as it's a sleeper pick. He's not my number right. one wide receiver. He's not my number two wide receiver. He's a guy I'm drafted way down on the charts, and I hope he's going to be able to come in and he's going to hit for a big flex day. If it, or a guy when one of my guys on buy or one of my other top wide receivers get injured, I'm not relying on Dede Westbrook by any means. He's right. a sleeper right. pick, but he's a guy I'm looking at. and I'm saying, hey, you know what? He's better than a lot of the other options out there in the NFL, and the guy's got talent. There's no denying he it does. because you got you got other players that who's going to step up into this. I say the series? same thing about Montre- me
0: though. Yeah, I say the same and, thing and
2: about you know, we're me. Talking- I'm better than most <laughs> of the guys out there. I've got a lot of talent.
0: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> also said the same thing about Corey Coleman at one time and took him in the first round uh, in Cleveland. So and he just got cut from another team today in Buffalo. But no, I get what you're saying, Goose. By all means, I get what you're saying. But this team, you got to look at this team. There's two reasons why I don't think I can call him a sleeper. Tom Coughlin, Doug Marrone. plain and simple. Like Jester said, 60% run, and I even think that's going to be a little bit more this season at this rate. I just don't see enough balls in the air for me to, say, utilize D.D. D. Westbrook's immense talent for
1: that bullet to Coughlin. Yeah. I mean – there's always that possibility that that doesn't happen, but again, you're not fighting for a lot of talent on the team. You're only the guy you're looking at. Very yeah, sure, you're looking at DJ Chark, and you're looking at Dante Moncrief, the guy who shoulda, woulda, coulda, but never put up right. more, except for one season, more than uh, 700 yards one season, 400 yards all the other seasons. DJ Chark, he was yeah, missing body wide receiver.
0: He was missing Andrew Luck. That kind of you know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And now, now he's with Bortles. So, is he really going to be a guy that you target? I'm not taking him in a championship. I'm not taking him no, on my no, team. No, I don't blame you. And then you got, no, I don't blame yeah, you. you got DJ, yeah, you got DJ Chark, and he's sitting there. Sure, he's six foot three. He's only what one uh, uh, ninety five, one ninety six, and the guy's got a, a guy's got a history of getting bumped around by bigger cornerbacks and linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right? And he doesn't know the and he doesn't know the playbook. It's a complicated playbook. He doesn't know it. So. Uh, You know, I'm looking at Deedee stepping up into that wide receiver two spot. Interesting. Just for those reasons.
2: Anybody else that we should know about?
1: For for Jacksonville? For wide receivers?
2: No, for for any sleepers. Other than Uh, Jacksonville. Hey,
1: I think you already mentioned it. One of mine is uh, looking at this Anthony Miller guy. And uh, another one. Nice. You know, hey, he started stepping up last year, going going in right into where we're at right now with Green Bay is talking about Geronimo Allison. You know, nice. what do you guys think about him? What do you guys think about? Nice. Him? They
0: drafted they drafted quite a few wider you? Two.
2: Hmm. Makes you wonder where JT just went. You still there? Hmm.
1: Yep, still here, man. Okay. I'm looking at Geronimo Allison is developing a really good relationship here with. Uh, with Green Bay, I think he's. Yeah. Uh, I think this kid's got immense talent. I think you're looking at a big body wide receiver, another touchdown machine. You mentioned it earlier with Mike Williams being a touchdown machine this year, and this Geronimo Allison is the, NF, is the NFC's touchdown machine. I think he's. Uh, I think he's going to be a big target. I think he's going to take a lot of pressure off. And I think they are going to be able to put together a uh, one hell of a season utilizing him the right way.
2: You know, they've got a couple of guys there besides Geronimo Allison. See, J T likes him a lot. I've heard him mention uh we'll get him back on the air, I guess, shortly. And uh he's mentioned Geronimo Allison several times. I've mentioned Kumaro, you know, uh is uh doing well too. They've got some young, talented wide receivers, but we've we've mentioned also what I feel about Aaron Rodgers and his durability this year. Hold on. And we got J T back and uh JT, uh, we were talking about Geronimo when you left. I don't know uh, mm-hmm. what happened there, but um, we were talking about Geronimo Allison, and I, if I remember correctly, that's somebody that you liked, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy that runs crisp routes, look at a guy that runs well after the catch, It's more of a, it seems like he has a, a good amount of strength in his legs, not an easy guy to bring down, and Aaron Rodgers seemed pretty comfortable with him when he was playing uh, last season, and even Hundley in uh, several games seemed to look his way, so I like that. That's that's a good call on Goose's part there.
2: Okay. All right. Goose, anything else for us?
1: No, I think that's it for now. Uh, I think you guys already covered a couple teams. I'd like to take a look at uh, Doug Martin. I get you guys' input on that. I know we only briefly touched on it, but uh, what are you guys kind of looking at when when we mention the name Doug Martin this year and he's the team with Gruden who says, Pound the Rock.
2: I've, I've been on record. Uh, JT and I couldn't be at further ends of the spectrum on this. I end up seeing Doug Martin as somebody taking over that backfield. Uh, I don't think Marshawn Lynch and Gruden stay on the same page the whole season, me personally. Uh, I was looking at pretty much any other back, and now that they've just gone ahead, I, I happen to like Chris Warren, but they just went ahead and put him on the IR. To be able to hold on to him as long as they can, I guess. I I, I had no injury. I had no injury notice uh, on Chris Warren. Uh, JT, did you? And how do you feel no, about I mean,
0: it now, I, now that there's no Chris I, Warren? Right. I mean, I see. I still like Jalen Richard. Uh, you know, a guy that I mentioned earlier, a guy that's shown big playability and a guy that seems to do well in the pass game and the running game. And if you remember. Go back. I've said it before. Look at John Gruden turn very, very poor man's Le'Veon Bell and Charlie Garner into a star in that offense. So, you know, these are the kind of things that Gruden can do with his scheme and with his, with his play calling. Um, I'm more of a Marshawn Lynch guy. Lynch lost weight. He restructured his deal to make sure he could get in there. He looks faster, and he looks motivated this season because he said he wants to play again next year. Maybe he's running out of Skittle money. Who knows? But – I think Lynch is the guy to own in that backfield and I like Richard. I'm not a you know, the,
1: the muscle hamster just doesn't do it for me. Glass cannon. I just I, I can't I won't. What about that. what about throwing in the fact that he's on a contract year?
0: Martin? Yeah. I don't think he's gonna get enough I personally don't feel like he's gonna get enough touches for it to really be relevant.
2: Okay. And, folks you hear it, not all the time. Well, JT and I agree. We will see things completely different at times. You'd think we are seeing two different players. And on this one here, that's one of those cases. I, I think you're starting to see where Martin's starting to feel comfortable again. He isn't up there where the yards per carry you'd like. He's not over four yards per carry. But for the preseason, he's sitting at, I think, 3-8, which is pretty close. And uh, like I said, for me, I was going ahead and picking any running back in that backfield to take over that backfield because I just feel that at some point, at some point, Marshawn and Gruden just won't see eye to eye. And there's nobody out there that's going to convince me that that is not highly possible. Sorry. Nick, man, good stuff as always. Yeah, bud. Loving the football with you, man. Looking forward to this season. And uh, uh, did you have anything real quick on baseball? I know you're a big baseball guy. Did you have something?
1: Uh, sure, yeah, man. Uh, we'll add something in here on baseball before the uh, – Throw me, throw me a quick – me away here. Throw me so, uh, a real yeah, quick – Yeah, real Chris, quick baseball Chris Shaw, player. Chris Shaw, Luke Boyd. Two guys to look at. He just got called up, Chris Shaw. He's not an average bat he's not a batting average type of guy, but he's gonna be pounding the ball. And the coach says he's going to play a lot of left field for the Giants. Other guy, hey, why not Luke Boyd? Let's take the hot one of the hottest hitting bat, uh, batters in baseball right now, Triple A June, three sixty four, three eighty-three, six fifty nine. Triple A July, three sixty one, four sixty five, six sixty seven. Major League August, he's batting around a three twenty five, four hundred, six twenty five and his only competition is Greg Bird. Okay. Yeah, those are my two there facts. you go. Hmm. Okay. Nick throwing it down for you real
2: quick on baseball. Nick, thanks so much for joining us as always. We look forward to seeing you next week on the shoot. Goose out. Take Goose care, out. JT, real quick, before we go back to uh, football, what do you got? Anybody in baseball you want to throw at us?
0: Yeah, want to talk about former A's, Cubs, and Yankees outfield, now with the Blue Jays, Billy McKinney, guy that got, got called to the show. He's had 38 at bats, 15 of those for hits, three homers, uh, you know, 10 RBIs. We're talking about guys 395 OPS of 1, two, four, one left field, right field eligibility, only owned in 16% of ESPN leagues, and a guy that's getting everyday playing time and doing a lot with it. So, Billy McKinney, somebody I like uh, for the stretch run here in September.
2: All right, and real quick, uh, not on rookies, I just want to throw a couple baseball, quick baseball notes out there to you folks. One, Trey Mancini, first base outfield. He's usually dual eligibility. Over the last 30, he's got 14 runs, six homers, 18 RBIs, batting 276. Nice, solid play coming down the stretch here. Lucas Giolito, folks, wow. Is he starting to catch? Maybe he's actually starting to get it. I mean, his numbers oh. over the last 30, he's got three wins, 40 Ks and in 37.1 innings, an ERA at 3.86, but a 1.02 whip it is really starting to look like maybe he is turning the corner that the Washington Nationals thought he had in him. It's going to be interesting. And last note on baseball, folks, a little strategy out there for you folks. We mentioned uh, my winning percentage and all that crap earlier. Okay. Let's also mention part of why uh, a good portion of my games are on the Yahoo platform. I play on several different platforms, but most of them, majority, are on Yahoo. So I want to throw these quick notes out to you folks that also play on the Yahoo platform to have that three week playoffs coming up. We've got one more week to those three-week playoffs. If you look like you're going to go ahead and get a first-round bye, okay, congratulations, that's the place to be. What you don't want, though, is anybody on Cincinnati, okay, because in the final week, your finals, Cincinnati, they are the only team that played five games that last week. Now, I'm also looking at a team that not only do you not want them, if let's say you're just making it into the playoffs, you're just going to grab one of those last spots. You've got to play that first week. Take a look at your roster. You don't want San Diego players, not just for that first week, but for your whole, they, they have been a stay away from all year in Yahoo Baseball from me, okay, because they play the league lowest amount of games they play five the first week six the second six the third for a league low 17 games during the most important time in your fantasy season there's your fantasy strategy some of the teams to look forward to okay in that strategy okay colorado has 20 games 20 of 21 days they've got games during the fantasy playoffs Kansas City, there's a couple of players that you can pick off, okay, that you have that are going to be 20 games. You've got Minnesota, 20 games. Philadelphia, 20 games. The Mets, 20 games. Tampa Bay, 20 games. There's your 20-game plays in Yahoo Fantasy. Playoffs, folks, go get players. If they're on your wire from those teams Moving along, let's get back to the football. Back in the football saddle, folks. We've off at Green Bay. All right, let's be honest, folks. Everybody knows how I feel about this, okay? Jimmy Graham, a very talented tight end. Should see an uptick in what he was getting before, okay? But he's still not the old Jimmy Graham. We know that Rodgers has uh, got a shoulder that's made of glass at this point, held together by 13 screws and two plates. What more could you want when you're giving a guy $100 million? You know, I mean, personally, I think that's funny as hell. And it's going to be what ends up ending the dumb ass contracts that you are seeing these past couple of days where one-fifth, one 20%, of a roster going to one player. Yeah, well, when that happens and you lose Aaron Rodgers because, let me tell you something, that was the smartest heist I've ever seen. Folks, that young man knows exactly how bad his shoulder is. Why do you think he pushed for 50-something million before the end of the year, 80 million before next March, 80 million for one season because he knows that's all he's got in him if he's lucky. That's a heist. Teams are going to learn from Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to tell you right now. To, I don't care. And they're screwed after that. They're screwed after that. Deshaun Kaiser, okay? Listen, the guy, absolutely horrible a percentage in college, okay? And, and then went to Cleveland and got 53.6% completion in, uh, in Cleveland, okay? So, I mean, you know who the MVP needs to be? This year, you know, they gave a hundred million to Aaron Rodgers because they expect him to be the MVP. You know who better be the friggin' MVP on this team? David Bakhtiari, Terrell Lane, Corey Lindsley, Justin McKay, and Brian Balaga. Uh-huh. They have to yeah. protect the Faberge egg that they have at quarterback.
0: Hmm. Better hope Danny Ocean and the boys don't come around, then, huh? Little Ocean 12 reference for all you
2: fans out there. I'll tell you, folks. And, And in that backfield, listen, it's real simple. I'm going to have plenty of people argue me again on it, okay, and I really don't care. But Aaron Jones, once he comes back from his two games, that's the kid's backfield. He is the most talented that you have in the backfield. I hate to tell you. Go ahead, JT. Now that I'm done uh, pissing off the Green Bay fans, why don't, why don't we move on?
0: And as you said, you call me the bad guy. But anyway, let's go to Music City, stay in the AFC South. We'll talk Tennessee Titans football. New head coach Mike Brabel. Kind of wonder if he's going to bring some of that New England system to Tennessee. Uh, on a previous show, I've gone on record said, I'm down on Marcus Mariota. I think the kid's a good athlete. I just don't think he's a top quarterback. Uh, is he serviceable? Yes. I mean, is he a good NFL starter? He's decent. He's average. I look at this team, though, and I think they've got an immense talent in Corey Davis. I can't argue with that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, former Miami cast off Rashard Matthews has made a nice home for himself right there in Music City. Uh, Taewon Taylor, another guy that's got some talent. You know, they've got mm-hmm. the talent at the wide receiver position. I'm sorry? Oh, I
2: agree with you on Tower. I like that kid.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, the talent at that wide receiver position is fantastic. Now, there's an oldie, but a not so goodie that's going a little too high for me in drafts at the tight end position in Delaney Walker. I think this is the year he falls off the cliff. I think this is the time of Jonu Smith. I think by midseason, Jonu Smith is the starter, if not sooner. Now, they run a lot of two tight end. Obviously, they're going to run something similar to what New England's running, which they've admitted. So we'll see two tight ends, but I think Johnny e. Smith's going to be the guy that's getting the ball a little bit more as the season goes. Glennie Walker starting to show a lot of injuries, a lot of nicks and bumps and bruises that seem to be slowing him down a little bit. But let's talk about the one position that, wow, it seems split down the middle. Deion Lewis versus Derrick Henry. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> Deion Lewis, very talented back. I don't see Dion Lewis as a guy that you can pound the football with. You couldn't do it in Philly. You couldn't do it in New England. I just don't see him being that type of player. I see a guy that excels in the passing game. I see a guy that excels in that shotgun draw play that New England likes to run quite a bit. I just don't see a guy that you can give the ball to 15, 20 times a game. But I do see that in six foot three, two 247-pound Derrick Henry, a guy that when he has gotten the opportunity to be the bell cow back, has showed some really, really good games. I think we're going to see a really good year from him, an improved offensive line. And a guy that's underrated at catching the football out of the backfield, Derrick Henry. I like him more than Deion Lewis. I think Deion's more of a compliment back. But there's others out there to see. Derrick Henry is the compliment back. Jester?
2: No, there's, there's no way that um, – and, and listen, folks, if you go back and check, absolutely fantastic article on FantasyJesterSports.com. We have a new writer. With us. Uh, absolutely. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this at some point tonight. Fantastic new writer. Uh, we have Kid Kelly there writing for us. I, I chime in, and I've been on the search for good writers, and we've gone through a couple, and JT, really not what we completely have wanted, correct? Correct. So right. what we've done is we've been patient, you know, in order to do this, the way that we feel is the right way to do it. You build slow and you don't rush things. And we were able to come across Hamid Sindhu. Right. Absolutely. Hamid, now just. Throwing down some great articles. His first week on the job was this past week. Again, if you have missed it, fantasyjusticeports.com is the website to go check out. And he gave a breakdown uh, of the Titans' backfield, did a great job of it. Personally, me, when I look at this backfield, I look at what's becoming the norm in, in, in this league is you have your bruising back on on first down, second down goal line. And you've got your passing back on third downs and long second downs. Uh, and that's that's the role of Lewis. Lewis's role is going to be no different than it was with the Patriots. Patriots. Uh, don't ex- yeah, don't expect anything different there, folks. Uh, now, JT, you know, real quick, before I go ahead and comment and, and go on my team, like I said, I, I agree with you on everything that you said uh, regarding the Titans. Uh, But my question about the backfield and what we're starting to see from a fantasy perspective, are you starting to maybe buy backfields instead of going for players and, and just going for random players? Are you going for backfields so that, in other words, you know, are you trying to go ahead and getting an Ingram and a Camaro? At, in your backfield, are you trying uh, on your fantasy team? Are you trying to go out and get a Derrick Henry and a Lewis, where you you play both one at the one spot RB one and the other at the RB two spot? Is, is that becoming a trend? Is that something that we should start looking for?
0: I, I see exactly what you're saying. I see it happening. Uh, my personal preference is if you don't get one of the top five guys, the the you know the lead backs, the alpha males, right. the you know. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott types. At that point, you end up with a Derrick Henry. I think you almost need to look at a Deion Lewis to kind of cover yourself. And, I mean, there are certain backfields, you know, one that I know that, again, a guy you've mentioned several times, is Spencer Ware, that I think is going to be a lot more relevant and a little more damaging to Kareem Hunt's numbers than people seem to realize. So, maybe at this point it's time that we start to uh, evolve a little bit in our thinking and think, hey, if I don't have one of the alpha males, maybe I need to start looking at drafting a backfield. I don't don't disagree with you in that, that that that's becoming a trend. And I like the idea.
2: Because you got to figure the one guy's going to get the carries, the yards. Okay. And you're going to get all the touchdowns that this team gets on, on the ground.
0: Yeah. On the ground. Aside from a quarterback sneak or something crazy, yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think that's something that really is going to become more and more because, like you said, you're only talking about a handful of backs that are going to go ahead and play all three downs. Right. Yeah, I mean, guys like – even the talented kids aren't doing it anymore, though. I mean, you you don't expect it out of Dalvin Cook this year. He's not going to be an every-down back. Now, when Murray proved what he can do, Mm. I just don't see it out of the young guys.
0: I think Saquon's one of those guys, though. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Let's let's be realistic. If you're Shermer, are you wanting to give it to Saquon or are you wanting to give it to Wayne (laughs) Goldman?
2: Boy, let me tell you. It's tough. It is tough trying to maintain a professional uh, air about myself and talk about Saquon and the New York Giants all at the same time, folks. To say I'm excited is just really an understatement. That is that was the second best news I got this year. The the best news was being able to play. Adam Rankin and and folks, if you missed it earlier in the show, we were talking about it is real. It's not a jester trick. This isn't the free hamburger trick again. Okay. Um, this is real. I really am going to match up against Adam Rank in a 14 team league. And, uh, he better know his teams in and out like we do, sir. Like I know Detroit and I know one thing about Detroit. I love me some Jim Bob Cooter. Everybody likes Cooter. Oh, God. Let me tell you something. This is one thing that I have noticed on broadcast. I have watched the NFL long enough, folks. The offensive coordinator might, might get mentioned twice, once, twice a game. But you go listen to it, Detroit Lions game, and boy, let me tell you, those announcers are making sure
0: Jim Bob Cooter. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's the more popular Cooter, Ben Jones from the Dukes of Hazard, or Jim Bob?
2: Um, no, no, see, because I, I just feel that at no point, and Dukes of Hazard, was Cooter on the tip of somebody's tongue like a Detroit broadcast.
0: So much, <laughs> so much fun to say his name, though.
2: So much fun to have Cooter on the tip of your tongue.
0: There it was. I said, don't say it. And there it was. <laughs> and it's me. I'm the bottom child. Anyway. Dude, I happen bad, to dude. think he's a
2: fantastic offensive okay, coordinator. Anytime I can get Cooter in my mouth, I uh, I try and, and share
0: itself. it. Change the rating of the show after the show, please. Okay. Continue.
2: So, uh, with the offense, we take a look at, at really, a, a completely diverse team. Probably the best running game that poor Matt Stafford has had since he's been there. they got an offensive line. They added uh, T.J. Lang. They got, you know, Ragnell. That left side of that line with Taylor, uh, Taylor it's Decker. Out. Yeah. The, and, and now Ragnell. And, and Glassnow no, at, at center. That is just. No, it's down Yeah. And now you got Blount. You got Abdullah. You got Riddick. You got Carrion. Carrion's going to take over that backfield. May, See, might not be and, this year with Blount
0: there. Right, God, well, I just think Blount Blount's, Blount's going to have a lot bigger role than people are giving him credit for. By the look of his ADP, it's going a lot lower than uh, than I'd take him. I think think this is a guy that's still going to get a lot of play in that backfield.
2: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a guy that's that looks good uh, as he's gone on in his career. He he looks. I I don't know. So far this preseason, he looked like the best shape the, I've seen him in in years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But my question, Mark, is this going – it's going to be this for Detroit. You know, they've got Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, okay, and Galladay and all that, and even T.J. Jones, he sparks every once in a while. The question's going to be, okay, what kind of production and what kind of sleeper could Luke Wilson be at the tight end position? This is a guy. This is a guy that I'm sorry. You still have to throw to the tight end, and there is nobody mentioning Luke Wilson when no. you have a high powered offense. You've got Matt Stafford, and you got Cooter. Uh, Cooter. I got Cooter and tight ends. <laughs> Cooter and Tiders right. yeah, go so hand in don't you
0: think? Uh, wow. In, this, this is, in hand. Again, remember that four-year-old that I mentioned, folks? Well, the four-year-old has reared their head on the show yet once again. Hi, everybody. <laughs> there he goes. Oh, my God. Okay, you're killing me. Next. Wow. Go
2: ahead. Keep going so we can stay on the air next year, next week.
0: Exactly. Well, it, you know, it, let me take you one one last time to AFC South. We'll talk those Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck back, arm looks good, says it feels good. Oh, God, I wish we had that clip. Play good, eat good. But anyway, Marlon Mack, the guy, is there any guy out there that's probably ascended at the end of last year so quick and descended before the season even began this year? Uh, You got Wilkins trying to take his role. You got Hines trying to take his role. Let's be realistic. I think Wilkins is going to be the back to lead that backfield by week five. He just adds an element to the game that Mac just doesn't seem to have. Hines is a third down back. Now wait a minute. I say third down back, but also remember this is Indianapolis Colts defense is is a bad word in that facility apparently. When you look at what they put out there for their players, they, they should be embarrassed to call that a defense. So Andrew Luck's gonna be throwing the football, playing from behind a lot this season. So I see Hines getting a lot of play as that out of the back receptions he's doing for. Leagues like Jester and I play in where he punt, kick, return yards. So the guy that's going to be kind of the old Darren Sproles, jack-of-all-trades. But Wilkins is the guy I like to see there. T.Y. Hilton's a beast. It doesn't seem to matter who's throwing the football to him. Um, Chester Rogers is a guy that's going to start this year, showed some talent last year, not being drafted in a lot of leagues. We're talking about a guy that's going to be on the field pretty much every snap with a really good quarterback. So, but when you talk that team – funny we just left Detroit and we were talking about you know Cooter and tight ends well a lot of people are really feeling Eric Ebron for some reason the guy that the Detroit Lions jettisoned and the Colts picked up off the scrap heap are you people not remembering there's a guy named Jack Doyle there this guy Mm -hmm. 80 to 85 catches double digit touchdowns book it now it's going to happen this is a guy again he's not a sexy name a lot of people aren't looking at him in drafts This guy could be a top three tight end when the season's all said and done. Jester?
2: Well, first, uh, let me just uh, say this. You
0: got to look good. Look good.
2: Play good. Play good. Pay good. Pay
0: good. Live good. Live good. You know, eat good. good. There you go. Love that. That's cool. Yeah,
2: that's that's just great stuff. That's great stuff. Uh, You know, I I take a look at what you're saying, and first of all, let's touch on Hines, okay? Hines has been working too out of the slot a lot. I mean, a lot. Mm -hmm. So you might see, yeah, you might see a dual designation thrown on him at some point during the season, which would really be big. So another, I just a big reason to stash that kid besides the talent level there, Um, and. The fact that the backfield is—it's it, just a mess right now. It really is. In
0: flux, I it, guess. It, it's not
2: decided. Yeah, it's just definitely not decided. If that backfield is a is a backfield in progress. That that'll be decided. It won't, That backfield won't be secure until around week four. It's just a right. mess. Okay. So and that's
0: when I think Wilkins takes over. Let's
2: find out. And you and you very well might be right. Okay, where you have uh, Wilkins take over, you got Mac coming in on passing downs, you got Hines coming in out of the slot. Okay, but my question to you is, uh, I, you, you mentioned Chester, but you didn't mention Ryan Grant. How, you, you're not feeling him, or what?
0: It's a guy that's had opportunities, and he's shown some in some games, and there's other games where the guy absolutely disappears. I like the, I want the consistency. And, you know, I want that consistency and I just haven't seen it from him uh, with the opportunities he's gotten. He's got the talent, but it just doesn't seem to be able to put it all together.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. Listen, you know, my concern with Luck is that I want to see repetition on deep balls. I want to see him take some hits. I mean, he's he's awful excited for somebody that just took one hit, you know, I mean, he got that one hit. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, he seemed surprised that he was able to hold up and that's a scary sign. Uh, you've seen it. You've seen what I've done. Uh, I've gone ahead and, and I've taken the back up there. I I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a hundred percent sold when he's healthy. Is he one of the best? He's turned crap into gold, that kid. Yeah, he's fantastic. Right. But I, I, I just tread. Uh, I've stayed away from him in redraft leagues. Are you taking him yet? Are you sold on him no. back?
0: Uh, no. Again, I just missed too much time. Yes, they've added one, you know, a couple of good offensive linemen, and you know, in the draft, for agency. But I just – a guy that I still think is going to be running for his life quite a bit because of how many times he's going to have to drop back and throw the football. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm going to avoid him at this point.
2: Okay. All right. Fair and enough. And he is
0: turnover prone. Let's not forget that. Even when he was healthy, the guy was prone to throw, you know, throwing into coverage quite a bit. So,
2: so The problem is, is he holds on. He just holds on yeah. too long. He's going to get rocked, that kid. It rocks. I love him though. Hey, listen. And by the way, folks, okay. If you happen to be on Twitter, you can find myself on Twitter, fantasy underscore just. You can find JT at fez four, three, seven. But if you want to join a, a funny one besides joining us, okay. Go on Andrew luck's Twitter account and follow that. He has to be, and, and, and this is, Obviously, mine, JT's Twitter account aside, okay, he has to be the best Twitter account to follow out there. Go check it out, okay? I think it's uh, off the top of my head. I think it's Captain Andrew Luck uh, on Twitter, okay? Go check it out. You'll thank me for following that. He, he's funny, funny kid. Love him. Love him. I, I wish him the best. Very talented. I'd like to see... I'd like to see a healthy Andrew Luck a, 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 a on a team with weapons. Just one season of it. Just one season. That's that's what I'd like to see. But anyway, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about on the show a lot lately, folks, if you've missed some of these episodes, go catch up before the season starts, especially the last two. We've gone over so many predictions in these shows One of them we've been talking about is Minnesota and what's going to happen now with Kirk Cousins. And I've gone on and on about Kirk Cousins. And I've gone on and on about Diggs over Thielen. And I've gone on and on over the the, uh, stats of Kirk Cousins on play action and the team last year on play action. One of the people that I want to highlight right now with my time talking about Minnesota is somebody that JT has alluded to and is is starting to get, you know, he's starting to catch a little tread, if you will. Um, former huh. former first round, yeah, <laughs> former first round pick out of old Miss. You never know that this guy was a first round pick, boy. Let me tell you something. Six two two ten, Laquan Treadwell. There's somebody that's starting to see the ball more, and maybe he's starting, you know, a bunch of things happen, folks. As you're going through your career in the NFL, the game slows down. You're no longer in awe or nervous. And a million other factors that go into this, including having a quarterback that can get you the ball and all this stuff. JT's mentioned before, I'm here to cement at home. Keep an eye, Treadwell probably going to have a career year for himself where he finally steps up in an offense and proves capable of a threat. I don't know who's going to go down. I, ha, I, ha, I don't ask me why. I have a feeling we're going to see Treadwell step up at an important time during this season. And I think JT at the end of the year, one of the clips, you know, folks, we joke around, we play all these clips of all these different predictions that JT and I have made over the years. Okay. Uh, And we make fun because there's just that many, this is going to be one that I'm going to play back when JT first mentioned about Quan Treadwell turning that corner, you know, JT, we, I mean, can you add that or do you need to, I don't know.
0: Oh, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, look at the head coaching staff. They want to run the football. You didn't guarantee Kirk Cousins $84 million, a fully guaranteed contract to just turn around a handoff. We're talking about a guy that's moved up, elevated to the third receiver now with some of the roster moves. We're talking about a guy that if you go back two, three, four years ago and look at the all-2000 teams teams or the all-2020 teams projections, Laquan Reswell's name was on those for a reason. This is a guy that's immensely talented, guy that has all the intangibles that you could want, just didn't seem to pick it up quick enough. Seems like he's got it now, A guy that worked his butt off this offseason, finally got serious, became a professional. I just even as that third wide receiver, I really see a big jump for him this year, and uh he's gonna start earning that first round draft pick status. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's uh Folks, just remember, some of these things, put them, write them down, okay? Because you're going to see how much of this, what we're saying, look forward to in the season. There's stuff that we're giving to you, you're not going to see until week eight, week nine. And we're letting you know. That's when you'll see it. Those of you who are new, you're going to learn. Those of you who aren't new, that's why you're here again. Tampa Bay. No, wait a minute. No, it's your turn. Yeah, we'll go. Let's go. I know a lot of people
0: want to overlook this team. A lot of people don't want to watch the Baltimore Ravens. Count me as one of them. But let's look at what they got. Joe Flacco, low quarterback, too, in my opinion. They did keep three quarterbacks. So, Robert Griffin made the team. Lamar Jackson be your number three at this point. The running game, oof. You got Kenneth Dixon. You got Alex Collins. You got Buck Allen. I'm sorry. You know, I I remember an old – football coach named Bill Walsh that said, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. He would know. Funny thing is, dude had Steve Young and Joe Montana. Bill Walsh, what were you thinking? But I like the premise of the idea. Too many running backs on that for me to be fantasy relevant. There's a reason why in a lot of keeper leagues that I play in, Alex Collins wasn't kept. It's just too many guys that are getting their hands on that football on Harbaugh's offense. They're all talented. You just don't know which one's going to hit each week. Uh, the wide receiver core, Michael Crabtree should be a nice addition. Probably the best receiver they've had in a while as far as dependability. A guy that can go out there and put up low-end wide receiver one, maybe high-end wide receiver two numbers. Uh, you go down the line, is this the year we see something from the UCF product in Brashad Perryman? I've just not seen enough from that kid, period, to really depend on him. you got the Saints cast off in of Willie Snead. He could be a sneaky grab. A lot of guys seem to forget Just two years ago, this was a guy that was helping a lot of teams in the fantasy playoffs win some games. The tight end position, you know, it took a big hit there. Hayden Hurst was the the rookie that I expected to see a lot of big things from. Guy's only going to miss three to four weeks, and that was a couple weeks ago when that injury happened. So by week two, week three, we could see this guy inserted back into the starting lineup, and this guy catches everything. He's a 25-year-old rookie, a little more mature, guy that knows how to run routes and a guy that just has a huge catch radius. You watch this guy catch the football. Reminds me of a – he's an Ozzie Newsome guy. It's exactly what the kid is. Uh, he's somebody you can stash late in draft at this point because of the injury, and I think he'll pay dividends as the season goes along.
2: Um, to update real quick, uh, yeah, I believe Crabtree. Uh, I like Crabtree. I like Hurst on this offense. Uh, But to update real quick on Brashad Perriman, uh, during the day, Brashad Perriman was given his pink slip, folks. So
0: uh, So his time, uh,
2: former first-round pick 2015, uh, completely underwhelmed, and he is gone. So now when I take a look at the two, you got Crabtree. Between Willie Sneed and John Brown, who are you taking?
0: I know so you're a John Brown guy. Uh, I see, again, I like to look at injury history. I look at a guy that's shown some injuries over his career. The talent's there. The speed is there. Can you depend on it to be on the field every single game? I also think Willie Sneed, who, again, was starting to ascend and took a nasty fall for some off-the-field idiot uh, moves, and I'll call it like it is. You're an idiot, Willie. What are you thinking? You're playing professional football. Wake up. Uh, but I think he gets it now. He's in a good system. And I think that Willie Sneed is a guy that I'd like a little bit more than John Brown.
2: I have to go. Between the two, yeah, I do like uh, Brown. I understand he injuries. But I, ha- I threw a little curve uh, there because I don't like either. Okay. Personally. Personally, I don't like either. And I think that there's a young man that might actually uh might be start he could start to get it. Chris Moore. You're talking about a guy here, he's only twenty-five. It's not like he's an old guy. 6'1, 206. And again, another guy with that speed, that 449 speed. I mean, it, he's used to he's used to playing in that quick pace spread offensive scheme. All right. So If somewhere down the road in these first couple of games, Flacco starts to struggle, a guy that everybody knows is gone at the end of this year, do they bring in somebody like Lamar Jackson where you start to see plays on the run a little bit more offensive, quick, pace-spread offensive scheme, okay, where a guy that's used to playing in that system has 449 speed. You know, he was ranked 8th nationally and second in the American Athletic Conference with 28.18, 21.8 yards per catch. He's a weapon. He's a weapon that has yet to break out in the NFL, another one of those guys. You know, he's a smooth route runner, fluid hips, the whole thing that you look for but he's just not getting that playing time yet. This might be the year where he steps up. You're talking about a sleeper for a team, for a team sleeper. This is this is one of those guys, I believe. <sighs> Moving along to nearby Tampa Bay, home of Jameis Winston and the uh, – Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Jameis won't be with our team for the first three games, folks. Uh, He'll be enjoying crab legs somewhere. He'll be going to pick him up on an Uber ride. That is the quarterback for Tampa. That is the problems that you have in Tampa. They say one of the problems that you could have is a quarterback issue because it could set your team back five years. This poor team is a mess. And we will be talking about that team and the rest of the NFL on the next edition of your favorite podcast and mine, the fantasy jester show folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got some great guests coming up folks. JT, the gang, all of us want to thank you so much for making us your fantasy go-to podcast. I am the Jester, and I am out of here. Have a great one, folks. Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy, or Fantasy Jester, shit, (laughs) uh yes
1: you could
2: you could use that can i i might yeah all right with you no i think it'd be funny that and more fun to come on the next fantasy jester show and some great guests thanks for joining us jester out okay round two
0: name something that's not boring